Hey guys, welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast, episode 43, with your host Jake Vanhoff and Kate Reese. And we are back after a little one week break from the podcast. Um, both of us were a little bit ill, and then Kate went down to her mum's in Bristol. Yeah. And uh, I was actually going to do an episode with Ryan. But he got struck down as well, didn't he? But I messaged him on the morning that we were going to record and he messaged me back saying he was absolutely man down uh, and felt terrible thought he had COVID again um so if you listen to our last episode which included stuff about being ill yeah coming back from training um was that our our last episode yeah yeah well Ryan's going through that process again yeah um which uh he is not happy about uh he's had about as smooth of a ride as what's like a non-smooth ride? A roller coaster. A roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's had some setbacks. He's had some serious setbacks. Injuries, COVID, um, drama, which we won't go into. And yeah, yeah. Hopefully, this is it. <clears throat> this is the week. <laughs> this is like the pin in it, and it's only up from here. Fingers crossed. So yeah, we've not spoken to you guys since we got back from London. We had an amazing Yeah, we had trip. such a nice weekend away. We did the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the two shows in one day, which was so good. And that was a Christmas present from my dad. Um, and we had some pretty epic meals, didn't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just realised that I exclusively call that Cursed Child. I don't know why, just because it's Harry Potter, I like feel like it needs to be pronounced in some dramatic way. Cursed. Cursed. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. <laughs> like, honestly, you said cursed, and I was like, oh, it is cursed, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I like pictured it in my brain and was like, that is how you spell curse. <laughs> but just because it's Harry Potter, I re- read it and go, cursed. The cursed Child. So, yeah, that was the, like, theatre adaptation of Harry Potter. It's like the, the after story of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, Written by J.K. Rowling, it's a bit far fetched and not the strongest storyline. But if you're a if you're a Potter fan, it's just anything anything that's more it just kind of p. elongates it a little bit, isn't it? it? Just draws it out. It's like yeah. another another bit. Yeah. Speaking of which, we've got the latest Fantastic Beasts coming out. Oh, uh, I'm so excited for that! It'll be about ten days when this podcast comes out. Yeah, we've already booked cinema tickets, haven't we? No, no. When my card got declined. Oh fuck yeah. We'll be doing that after this podcast. <laughs> we meaning to book the cinema tickets. I went to book cinema te- tickets, but my card's getting declined left, right and centre online, which is Annoying. not ideal. But yeah, we had some of the best meals we've ever had when we were down in London. Oh yeah, um, they were pretty special. We had a donut time, always a good time. Always a good time. We had a um, chipotle. A chipotle. Uh, Sticks and sushi. And then two very expensive meals. Oh, guys. Gotta fill you in on. <laughs> Gotta fill you in on. This will be the whole podcast now. <laughs> no, if you no, don't no. like food, switch off. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do it about food. Fill you in about Jake being an absolute numpty. Oh fuck with the train, you moron. Yeah. Everything. So, the hotel we booked, we booked like an apartment hotel. So like you have like an apartment, apartment in a hotel. Yeah, and um, I must have looked at like the option below the one we got and without VAT because it was like 200 pounds more expensive than I thought it was going to be in my head. Like when I booked it, I had the number in my head and was like, Oh, it's costing that much. And then just hadn't looked anymore. Cause you don't pay until you check yeah, in. Yeah. And then 
um, we'd booked two separate train journeys, one down to Almouth where my mum lives and one from Almouth to, Edinburgh, uh, to London. Um, so one leg was like a return Edinburgh to Almouth and one, one leg was a return Almouth to London. And Edinburgh to Almouth was sound, but we got on the train and I looked at the tickets and was like, why do I only have one ticket? As we're settling into first class. <clears throat> yeah. I'd booked this like two months in advance and it was an expensive ticket, which somehow must have led me to assuming that I'd booked two. But basically I hadn't used a rail card. We both got rail cards. So that saves you like 40%, I think it is. I hadn't booked with a rail card and I hadn't booked two tickets. So we got on. I've only booked one ticket. It's not with a rail card. And now I need to buy a new ticket as well. Yeah. And it was like stress £300 for another ticket in first class. Like £110 to book a ticket. Single. £110 to book a ticket down to London. Yeah. Which, by the way, they never checked our tickets and the gates were open at London. Yeah. Thanks for that one. And then the return would have been £260 for first class. So to get that, this was three days out, would have been £260 to book a first class seat from London to Almouth for the Sunday. I think it's because the Six Nations rugby was on late on Saturday. So most people would have been staying overnight and then traveling back from London to various places the next day. Um, But anyway, it was £50 to book a standard class ticket. Anyway, this whole thing on top of very expensive meals made us feel quite extravagant with the whole experience. Um, And we've now resorted back to saving. Yeah, sure. We've not been out this weekend. No. We've not had any meals out this weekend. Been very well behaved. Yeah, been very good. We did have two meals out last weekend, but they weren't our doing. No, they were because family were visiting. Family forced them on us. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're grown up when you pay for meals with your family? Yeah. Like, I don't know about any of you guys. I don't know if you ever do this, but it feels very, very grown up when our family visit and we pay for the meal. Yeah. Like, it was always just an assumption. That they would pay. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my mum's visiting. I'm getting a free lunch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Anyway. So, on to the... £400 later. That was expensive. <laughs> My mum likes a drink. Oh, oh dear. Anyway. Um, today's podcast. We are going to be talking <clears throat> about primarily mindset. Um, it's something that, not necessarily that we've seen in like our own clients, but just like generally. No, we definitely see it in our own clients as well. Yeah, like, but I'm not like. sugarcoat it. There are. Yeah, but like just generally, I think that there's certain mindsets people and attitudes people take when it comes to health and fitness and actually if they just kind of saw it from a different perspective and changed the way they see it that could literally be the thing that gets them better results and makes the process more enjoyable at the same time um so we just kind of wanted to chat through some of the ones that we see a fair amount um in the hopes that it might help you guys yeah i genuinely think that mindset is the number one determinant of the results that people get yeah like I, I don't think that's 100% fair because I'm actually thinking of a couple of my clients that have like a real like a really switched on mindset and they're like I don't think they do any of the things in here maybe a little bit hard on themselves but maybe don't have it easy from like a genetic standpoint mm-hmm. 
Like I've got a couple of clients that genuinely have quite a slow metabolism, um, maybe PCOS or something like that. Yeah. It, 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 it is just tough for them. Makes it harder. <clears throat> but um, I think it does contribute the bit, like it's the biggest thing that contributes towards your results. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are we starting? Well, why don't you open us up where we're starting, Kate? Cool. You go. Um, so first one we wanted to touch on is that this assumption is that you instantly hire a coach and the work is done. You know, that money leaves your bank account. You have that initial call and it's like, cool, okay. I'm just suddenly going to get like amazing results. Um, and obviously, like, even when you hear that back, you're like, well, obviously you need to put some work in. Um, you hire a coach because you want somebody there to hold you accountable. You want that support. You want maybe a little bit more direction and help with the methods that you're using. You don't hire a coach and instantly get amazing results. Like, there's going to have to be a period. It might be a long period where you have to put in quite a lot of work and a lot of discipline and be actually really committed to the process before you see any results at all. Um, So, yeah, I think just like this assumption that, you know, you hire a coach and job done. Mm. It's not our job. Well, it kind of is our job to get you the results, but it's not our job to do the work. You've still got to do the work. Yeah, I feel like when you hire a coach the amount of effort and yeah, just the amount of effort and work that you put in, it's either going to be the same or more. The only thing that's going to change is the direction that that work and effort goes. Yeah. It's like our job is to channel your effort and direction. Into the right places. (laughs) Yeah. Your effort into the right direction. Sorry. Yeah. It's not that we're going to make things easier. It's just, we're going to make things more efficient. Yeah. It's like the same amount of work. It's like, if you hire a coach and you put in less work, you'll probably get the same results you were getting before. Yeah. Cause it will be more efficient, but you've now put less work in. Yeah. If you put the same work in as you were putting in before, or even a little bit more, like your results are going to skyrocket. Um, like, I don't know about you when you see, when you get a client come on board, who's like already putting work in, Mm -hmm. And they're like just like chomping at the bit and just spinning the wheels to go, yeah. but they're not getting the results that they want. Yeah, you just like oh, it's you're grinning. Like, oh, totally. Like this is like that's like for me. That's like this is exciting. Like I want to coach people like that. Yeah. I want to coach people who are already putting a fair amount of effort and work into things, but not seeing the results because I know for a fact with my support they are going to get insane results. Yeah. You just know they're about to go through the roof. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair one. I, we don't get that a lot. No, I, like that's not one that I've really seen in my own clients. Yeah. I've seen it. Do you know where I have maybe seen it, where I've had conversations with people who are maybe like flip-flopping from coaches? Like I know, you know, certain people that I maybe follow or like I, I see them working and like tagging different coaches quite frequently and thinking oh you weren't working with them very long you weren't working with them very long and like for me that's a bit of a red flag because it's like you know it's almost like the I I would almost hazard a guess that they're maybe blaming the coaches in that scenario where I would you know as savage as it sounds would probably be like they're probably the ones that aren't putting the work in yeah 100%. it's like that um 
if you've someone like, I mean obviously that's within reason if you're kind of going to coaches who are charging like 50 pounds a month and giving you like cookie cutter plans then you're probably going to flip-flop quite a lot because you're not going to be getting the results you want yeah or just restarting the same um, <coughs> like transformation challenges or whatever yeah. it's like if it worked and you were keeping it off and you'd done the work you wouldn't need to it's like when people keep it? going back to fucking slimming world yeah like if it worked you wouldn't have to keep going back yeah that's kind of a different topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah my bad. tangent. My bad. Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> cool. Yeah, what was I going to say there? Um, no, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. It's gone. Yeah. Um, what's our next one? Our next one is the kind the of you keep. people you surround yourself and the kind of company you have does massively impact probably your results but also your like perception of effort that you put in and the standards that you have and... yeah I would always say that you will like I always think people should like hold themselves to a higher standard than other people anyway yeah like I always think that we should almost expect more from ourselves than we do from other people and that's just like a thing of not letting other people almost like disappoint you, if that makes sense. Not really, but <laughs> I like, I feel like that's probably a separate tangent. Eh? It is, no, it's a completely separate tangent, but yeah, like, I think that like I hold myself to a higher standard than I would probably like anybody else I know. Yeah. But I feel like that's almost how it should be. Probably, yeah. To an extent. I think I think a lot of people that I come across or that, like, I would... Um, not loads of people that I coach, probably because I draw this into people, but, like, don't be satisfied just by being average within your, like, friendship group or your family or whatever. And what I mean by that is, like, say you've decided that you're dieting and someone else that you know is dieting and they're like on the pints every weekend or they they're like oh screw it I'm I'm packing it in today like that is never a signal for you to be like oh screw it I'll do it as well like you choose if you feel like doing that today but don't be influenced by other people yeah like I've always thought and like my mindset with things has always been like don't allow your standards to be influenced by other people it's like I grew up in the northeast of England in like in Northumberland and if I held myself to the standards of a lot a lot of the people that I knew like I'd never get anything done or like I'd never have achieved anything from like a physique point of view or coaching business point of view or like even uni like it probably wasn't even an expectation to go to uni um <clears throat> same at uni like I decided I wanted to take fitness seriously but if I'd held myself from a training point of view to the standards of say even like my flatmates mm-hmm. it wouldn't have got me anywhere but that was the easier thing to do yeah um so it's always easy to hold your standards to the people around you yeah but actually like don't be okay with just being average it's why people say surrounding yourself with the right people is important 
because the easy thing is always to compare standards to the people around you mm-hmm. try and avoid it but like it does help if those standards that you're comparing yourself with are quite high yeah so like I know for example my standards with like adherence to diet and training are really really high and I know Kate's are really really high so if I drop back to the lowest common denominator I'm not dropping very low like say if I decided I was going to hold myself to higher standards than Kate but then I dropped down to Kate's standards again it'd be pretty fucking high yeah no what do you think yeah 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 I'd say that we were both pretty like on that level definitely we're like like if there's something needs doing we'll just fucking get it done I think we proved that last year yeah when we died for the photo shoot no but I'm saying like because I'm surrounded by you my standards are never going to drop very low yeah 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 it's my point yeah yeah which like I mean to be honest like we probably don't have like a social circle where like I know even just like throwing it back to like my uni days with like my uni pals if I even if like sorry to interrupt I'll contrast it with like when we moved in together versus when you lived with Kate uh-huh. like that's two very different like because Kate doesn't work in the industry and all yeah, those yeah. things like it's just a totally different standard of like training totally your diet etc totally but I think that's that's definitely got a lot to do with the fact that we are in the industry and we're like so consumed by it a lot of the time. Totally. My point being, surround just if if you're not going to surround yeah. yourself with people who are that way. So like if you don't have pals that are passionate about health and fitness or whatever you're trying to excel in, you have to just hold yourself to a higher standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a really good point. Um, which kind of leads kind of leads us on to our next point, which is something that I definitely see quite a lot of. Um, and again, not really necessarily from clients. It is something that I kind of call clients out on a little bit every now and again. They don't get much time to feel sorry for themselves about it. But it's more so social circles, family, you know, you just kind of like hear it generally of, you know, you're out in a social setting and, people somebody like oh you do do you want to get dessert let's all get dessert and somebody will turn around and be like oh I can't I'm dieting or not even like that but just like really feeling sorry for themselves that they can't do certain things and it's something that I drill into my clients constantly who are pursuing fat loss goals that dieting is a choice if it's not a hell yes, if you're not embarking on something like that, being like, you know, I'm so in this mindset, I'm choosing to do this, you know, dieting ultimately is a privilege, then it's a hell no. Um, you know, I might have, I've got quite a few clients that I work with who aren't actively looking for fat loss, and they might every now and again, maybe, you know, late luteal phase of their cycle, see a spike up in certain things, clothes might be fitting a little, a little, um, tighter and they might be like oh do you know okay I think it might be time to pull back a little bit I might I think I want to do a little bit of dieting but you know it's my birthday in the next couple of weeks I've got like multiple things on and I'm like well why would we just flick that switch and and suddenly embark on a diet immediately like let's not be reactive to that um and ultimately if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no and you know you've got to be in that mindset of 
I am choosing to do this. This is something I want to do. Nobody is making me do it. I can't resent anybody or like feel sorry for myself here. Like, yes, of course, sometimes it is difficult, but it is a choice. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's just that thing of like, we live in a very privileged society where you can choose to not go to the supermarket that's filled with food and spend money that you have on that food yeah. and then put it in your fridge and choose not to eat it from your fridge. And like when you really break it down compared to what other people go, like the situations that other people are in, in the world, like it's such a ridiculous privilege yeah. to, to have gotten to a scenario where you have so much stored energy that you now want to starve yourself to lose some of it. Yeah. Like when you really break that down, like I've been surrounded by such an abundance of food that I've become overweight or higher body fat percentage than I want to be. And now I'm going to choose to not eat as much of it. eat less. Um, So acknowledging that huge privilege. Yeah. um, And understanding that, yeah, that it is 100% your choice. Very empowering. Like the it is very of people empowering. That go through and like treat it as this great hardship that life has placed across, placed upon them. Um, and as Kate says, it is fucking hard, but yeah, it's not hardship. It's yeah. difficult, but it's not hardship. Yeah, no one has, you know, you aren't in Ukraine getting bombed, having to evacuate your country. Mm-hmm. Like you're just eating a bit less food, getting a little bit hungry, peckish now and then. Yeah. Um, and continuing to go through your day-to-day life like I think if yes it is challenging yes you have to exert some willpower but again like coming back to the point before um, have some slightly higher standards and like my coach I don't agree with everything he says but one thing that he does say say quite a lot when is that people say oh I got really hungry so I tweet some biscuits nothing's going to happen if you get hungry. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a, a real thing. There's two gr- two camps here. Some people that, like, thrive off being hungry too much and need to learn to actually eat to their hunger cues. Yeah. And another camp that think that they're going to die if they go hungry for a few hours. Yeah. Like, having gone to the extremes of that, absolutely nothing happens when you're really hungry. Mm-hmm. Just get on with it. Get on with the day. Yeah. It goes away as well um yeah yeah um which i think the whole idea behind like delayed gratification is something that we want to talk about as well you know thinking that kind of sacrificing what you want right now for actually you know those goals that you've set yourself that you know are actually really important to you we live in a generation that is absolutely, you know, all about instant gratification. We get everything served to us on a silver platter whenever we want it. And, you know, generally when it comes to health and fitness goals, doesn't work like that. Like you have to often, you know, and we're not talking about fat loss here. We might be talking about muscle gain. We might be talking about healing your relationship with food, HA recovery, whatever it is. Like you've got to look at the bigger picture. You've got to, you know, have a long-term view on things. Cause if you are constantly in that cycle of 
getting it as quickly as possible, you will constantly be in that cycle of trying to get it as quickly as possible, but never quite getting it. 100%, yeah. Um, I think you have to take this like big picture and like look at the end goal and work backwards from their view. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Kate's right. The, the more short term you go, the more you're guaranteed to just go through that same cycle over and over again. And like, so two of our points are interlinking here, which is about thinking like, like viewing dieting as being forever and that affecting your adherence because you're like, Oh, I can't do this forever. Yeah. Like dieting should be short term. Yeah. Doesn't like, it's going to be different degrees of short term for different people. Like I've just finished, um, one of my clients just finished dieting. Um, and she's lost 11 and a half stone. I think that's three years of work. But like, our hope would be that that is going to be short term in that. That's for the rest of our life, isn't it? 10, 20 years aren't spent dieting. And therefore that three years is actually a small blip. And the way that dieting doesn't become short term is when you never do it successfully. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for dieting infrequently, but relentlessly successfully yeah so like getting it like getting it done getting the job done being relentless in that pursuit and then knocking it on the head and leaving it alone for a while yeah like I think that's something that very few people do right um it's certainly as well yeah it's certainly been the absolute game changer for me like the last probably five years now is I've dieted so infrequently, but always pretty much always exactly the amount and the length that I wanted to. So I think I've done two mini cuts and one diet for a photo shoot over five years. And every single time it's been pretty successful and like kind of exactly the length that I wanted it to be and then spent time not doing it again. And the more that you don't do it, the more that your metabolism gets into a good position, your body's general physiology gets into a better position yeah your tolerance to to that dieting because you've now replenished willpower you've replenished your like joy for life yeah your relationship with food potentially all of these things you've now got that bandwidth to be able to successfully diet again yeah as opposed to you know the standard maybe six to eight weeks in january then fuck it. Need to diet for summer. Fuck it. Post summer. Fuck it. Christmas party. Fuck it. January. Fuck it. Yeah. And actually, you know, four or five diets a year that none of which are very successful. Always start again on Monday. Blah blah blah. Insert other cliche. Mm-hmm. And like, it does feel like it's forever in that scenario. Yeah. Because. Oh, the amount of people like that I've spoken to on initial consultation calls that have literally Feel said like the word. my whole life. Been like I've been dieting my whole life. Always. And it's like, yeah, well, it's no wonder. I mean, you, if you'd have asked me, you know, three years ago, I probably would have said the same thing at 25 years old. You know, I feel like I've been dieting for as long as I can remember because that's how it went. Like I would literally every start of every year would be like right okay you know probably binged the whole throughout December time to get on the diet 
and manage a couple of weeks and then that cycle of weekdays would be great weekends wouldn't that's how literally life was but if I wasn't dieting I was thinking about starting the next diet like it was always consuming my mind and consuming my brain Mm. 100% um and then you've got (coughs) Kate's last one on this list um final one is something that I think people do get a little bit confused about is confusing self-compassion as giving yourself an easy ride and just taking it really easy on yourself um we would we would um describe ourselves as compassionate coaching uh compassionate coaches with a compassionate coaching style um but that doesn't mean to say that we won't call people out when they need calling out we won't you know turn it up a notch and give people a little bit of tough love if they need it um ultimately having compassion with yourself is doing things that your future self will thank you for it's sometimes doing the hard things in the moment because you know later down the line you will benefit from that um I think one of my favorite analogies about self-compassion is you know if your mum was coming home from work every single night thinking fuck it ordering a Domino's eating a pot of Ben and Jerry's and then feeling really shit about it would you like encourage that kind of behavior would you think that that was like a positive thing for your mum or like somebody that you deeply cared about to be doing it's like well no it's not you know it's not good for her health physically but probably also not good for her mental health either um and I think that's you know just sometimes it is I guess it links back to that whole like delayed gratification thing as well it is like doing things that your future self will thank you for and it's it's treating yourself like somebody you deeply care for who you want the best for that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to call that person out sometimes and give them a little bit of tough love if they're doing things that aren't aligning with what they say they want to do um yeah I think uh it's a very very hard balance I think I talk about flexibility with food with clients quite a lot and nailing the balance between you know allowing yourself to enjoy your diet and also not ripping the arse out of it yeah which apparently is now quite a few of my clients have decided to my trademark <laughs> slogan <Statement>. um <laughs> the same with the same with self-compassion like self-compassion definitely is sometimes having a bubble bath getting your pajamas and watching a movie mm-hmm. and self-compassion also sometimes is prepping some food for the week and getting a gym session done like most things can come under self-compassion getting like really delving into your inner mindset of like what is actually needed yeah and what is actually of most benefit to you in that moment for future you so like if you are unbelievably run down feeling a bit ill, whatever, having a bubble bath and having a really chilled night is probably the best thing for future you and present you. Whereas if you're feeling pretty, pretty good, you've got these lofty goals that relate to health and fitness. You've done three out of four of your workouts for the week. You've got your fourth one to do. You've got time on Saturday morning, for example, rather than having an extended lie-in, going to the gym at 8.30 in the morning or something, nothing nothing out. too dramatic, getting that session done 
and then being able to crack on with the rest of your Saturday, go and see your friends and, and go for lunch or whatever. Also self-compassion. Yeah. Because now you don't have, have it hang, hang over your head. The future you doesn't have to deal with the fact that you've not done the things that you said you were going to do. So kind of like that win-win. It, it's very, it's, it's something that very few people do all the time. Yeah. Get self-compassion right. Yeah. Most people will err on this one side or the other of being too easy on themselves or too hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fine as long as you recognise now and then yeah. that you need a bit of the other thing. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I've got, like I've got a client um, who I can like notice they're just too soft on themselves. Yeah. And like even having had conversations with them, like, they just can't do discomfort yeah. in any way, shape or form. Like, oh, I've just been a bit tired this week. Oh, just had quite a lot on this week. And like, they're not a super busy person yeah. relative to, some you know. the other clients you've got. Like, I've got some other, like, one client that comes to mind who's got two kids, full-time job, dog. Yeah. Like, has to do her workouts from home because she genuinely is really busy. Um, just get shit done. Yeah. It's funny. It's that saying of like, if you want shit doing, ask a busy person. Mm. Like I've got a few clients who come to mind and like, I'm genuinely in awe of them. Like when I, when they check in and they tell me about the amount of hours they've worked that week. And, you know, on top of that, an hour and a half commute each way and they've still got the training sessions in and they've still done X, Y, and Z. And then it it can be difficult sometimes when you do have those clients and you can call them on it and be like, you know, there's no reason why you couldn't have done like those training sessions this week. There's no reason why, you know, you're only sitting comfortably at like 7K steps this week when we said we were going to hit 10. Like it can be quite difficult in those scenarios not to... Just... Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't find it difficult. I mean, I'd, I'd, I just, I'd, I just tell yeah. them it's not good enough. Yeah. Like, and I know that's savage, but like, it comes back to our original point of, original point, maybe second point, holding, <laughs> holding people to higher standards. Yeah. Like, rightly or wrongly, working with, with certainly me, and I think with Kate and Ryan as well. Like, I'm not privy to their exact coaching, individual with individual clients, but like. It involves holding yourself to a higher standard. Yeah, it does. Like, than the average person. And so, you know, someone might... The client I'm thinking of, for example, I think their flatmate is not quite... Like, doesn't hold themselves to the same standard. That's challenging. Yeah. Like, I've also got clients whose partners don't hold yeah. themselves to the same standards. They'll be midweek, you know, let's get a takeaway. Yeah. I empower my clients to hold themselves to that yeah. higher standard. And make choices. No, you can order a Domino's, not having it. Yeah. Or why don't we do that on Saturday? Or whatever. But like, I know, I empower my clients to know their goals and know what they're working towards, whatever that is. Yeah. Some of my clients, it might be saying, I'm having a Domino's on Wednesday. Yeah. And their partner might not want it. Um, and totally. tough. That's, this is what aligns with my goals and blah, blah, blah. That's what I want, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I think closing off just, knowing that mindset is just so it's such like a a woo-woo foo-foo like it's been 
sabotaged and taken over by some real airy fairy shit. Yeah. But it's so powerful. Yeah, it really is. Like, if it doesn't matter how you dress it up, like, you dress it up as like being in tune with your spirit or whatever the fuck people go on about. Like, it's so powerful being able to harness your brain and actually set standards for yourself and consistently reach them. Um, I think one thing I really quickly wanted to touch on actually in relation to mindset is, and this is something I've drilled into clients a lot recently, being a person of your word and holding your word to yourself. Yeah. You've got no idea how powerful it is when you say you'll do something and you do it. Yeah. And how powerful it is when you say you'll do something and you don't. Yeah. And the result that has on your ongoing mindset. Yeah. Even just like how you like judge yourself and how you see yourself. Like it comes down to that like self-belief, doesn't it? Like I, I think that it's something that quite a few of my clients certainly struggle with is just like believing that they're capable and having confidence in themselves. And it's that whole you know, when you actually do it and you prove to yourself you can do it, the more you believe it and it's like a fucking rocket, you know, mm. you've just you've just ignited a fire where you said you're going to do something, you've done it and it's like, well, I can do anything. Yeah. I was actually coming at it from like a, those people who start diets all the time and one of the reasons that they can't stick to anything is because they've never stuck to anything. Yeah. They have no like internal self-belief that they will yeah. stick to it. Yeah. I'm sure you get this all the time. People say that they've never stuck to a diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start even working with us. They have a different mindset coming into it because they feel like it's going to be different because like everything from our first call to our onboarding videos yeah. makes them feel different. And it, it, like we positioned them in a way that it, that is as such. Yeah. But they still have that apprehension of like, I've never stuck to anything. I can't stick to anything. And there's a such a strong connection with what you say and what you do and the, what impact that has on your own psychology. 100%. Like what Kate said there, yes, it does gas you up when you say you'll do something, you do it. But it also conditions you to think that you are a complete bullshit artist Yeah. when you say you'll do things all the time and you don't do them. So like something I've been working on with my clients is when I give them their check-in feedback, I make them message me back saying that like committing to the things that I've said. So like, I might say, I'm thinking we'll do this. Let me know if that's something that you can do this week Yeah, and get them to recommit to it by messaging me back and be like, yeah, I can do that, Jake. And then if they don't do it and they don't have a good reason for it, calling them out on it and like explaining how like strong that is and how strong their own yeah their own word with themselves has to be totally like i bet there's a big group of people who if they say they'll do something for someone else they'll always do it yeah but then if they say they'll do something for themselves they won't necessarily totally and it's so powerful like yeah it really is stop breaking your word to yourself be a person of your word yeah so I'm going to start this like some things are just set up to fail like if you I'm going to start slimming world and lose 50 pounds and <laughs> yeah 
be shredded and blah 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 like fucking probably not gonna work yeah but like within reason um like pick the right things etc etc and then be a person of your own word yeah yeah I guess that's even like where like our like habit checklists and things come in really well Mm because it like highlights things like something that I've been doing with a handful of clients recently who have just been generally struggling a little bit more is getting them to like literally like write down a couple of non-negotiables in their note section in their phone every single day tick or cross it off as to whether they did it and they have to send me a screenshot of those mm. when they check in yeah um and it's just that like extra layer of accountability of like you know i know we've got a lot on our plate at the minute i know we're juggling a lot of things but let's make sure we're still showing up for ourselves and doing like at least the bare minimum that we know is gonna you know either keep us where we are slowly keep ticking forward like whatever it is but just that accountability is so powerful Hmm. i think that'll i think that'll do it i'm pretty sure that has been the worst podcast we've ever recorded guys (laughs) can you tell we're both still a bit ill pretty fucking left down up down right a bit spacey i'm not gonna lie i did space out a few i think we went off on a few tangents there i can only apologize we're pretty pretty under the weather still so um, if you guys could leave us a review, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Not in line with the quality of this particular podcast, but maybe in, in terms of our body of work, yeah. which I'm sure you'll agree is worth a five-star review. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be much appreciated. It does actually really we help us to find... Um, for other people to find our podcast and for us to and if there's any topics you want us to cover as always guys shoot us a dm shoot us a dm shoot Let's any know. of us a dm or a message if you are privileged enough to have our phone numbers um <laughs> kate's is oh seven um but yeah that'd be amazing i hope you guys are all having a fab week and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode bye